Hey everybody, welcome back to Naturally Supernatural. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode with Justin. As you guys have may have heard, you guys can connect with him. Just head on over to naturallysupernatural.life and I've already linked his email there. But today we have another guest on the seat. Yes. We have Mr. Peter Quek, who is Peter. the Development Director for Leader Impact at Power to Change. So we got Mr. Peter right Thank here. Thank you for joining us Thank today, you. Mr. Peter. Hey, so glad to be here today. <laughs> I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and to share what I think is uh, an exciting moment to discover that Leader Impact is God's idea of mobilizing His people mm-hmm. to be people of impact, leaders of great influence for the kingdom in the marketplace. Come on. And so my role is really to get people excited about how they have a strong vocational witness in the marketplace mm. and that they are to discover how God wants to use them wow. in the most ordinary and yet also the most extraordinary ways. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think that God works in most unexpected places yes. and He shows up and He calls us to have courage and to be able to uh, speak his love and his truth and his life into the hearts of people mm. and not worry about whether or not they are paying attention because your <laughs> presence there yes. and your engagement there and your love for the people will, will have uh, just a measurable effect on people. So I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to come and, and share the story come with on. you, tell you a little bit more about myself and what Leader Impact is about. Yes, this is such a treat. You know, we're looking forward for this conversation. And uh, yeah, since you've opened up with that, why don't you tell, tell us about yourself? Like, how did you yeah. come to know the Lord? Um, mm-hmm. This whole process of walking yes. in faith with Him. Yes. Share a little bit on that. I, I grew up in Singapore. Okay. Little island in Southeast Asia. <laughs> uh, well, I think by now it's a, it's a, a well-known island city. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and growing up in Singapore, my my grandfather was a pastor from oh. China oh, wow. to Singapore. Wow! In 1929, he oh came my. over to wow. Singapore. And, 1929. Yeah, and and you know the wonderful thing is that uh, my father was also very faithful and active in the local church. Mm. Come on. Um, and my parents have always loved the Lord and prayed for me that I will come to have a real personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. And it happened one day when I was uh, watching an evangelistic film organized by a high school (laughs) group. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the film, uh, one of the leaders came up to me and said, Peter, have you ever made a commitment to follow Jesus? <laughs> and I said to him, you know, Noel, that's a very good question. Uh, I've always thought that because I grew up in a Christian family that this is, this is just part of who I am and uh, going to church and being involved mm-hmm. in, in the Christian life uh, in community was just normal but that's something that no one has ever asked me and i'm glad you have asked me Mm. and so he he invited me to to give my life to jesus at that time and so this is in august 1969 that i made that commitment wow you you, this is high school days 
Yes. Your high school days. 1969. And so this is just an amazing moment for me to mm-hmm. make that commitment to follow Jesus. Now, the big challenge was after I made that commitment, Noel just left me on my own. <laughs> and so, so yes, I, I would go to ch- church and attend Sunday school and, and try to get involved in the youth group there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one was really discipling me or mentoring me or following up mm-hmm. with me. Wow. But God allowed me to, to read some very helpful books, like Basic Christianity by John Stott was mm-hmm. my first introduction to uh, what I would call the basics of the Christian faith. Wow. And that was formative for me because it really shaped my understanding wow. of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, and to understand God's purpose uh, for my life. And so that marked the beginning of my journey into a life of faith, but also a life of learning more and more about the gospel according to Jesus. And that has been, I think, my way of describing my journey as a, as a follower of Jesus. I think at the very beginning, I was introduced to Jesus, but it was a gospel that was very much uh, conditioned upon mm. the idea that you need to so make good. a transaction. Mm. You need to say a certain prayer. Wow. You need to, to follow a certain religious ritual <laughs> or, or a certain, you know, a certain uh, lifestyle that is, as it were, approved by the local wow. church. Mm. And, and I felt that that gospel, while it was attractive, was not the gospel that I was really wanting to yes. resonate with. It was not really the gospel according to Jesus. Now, in later years, what I discovered was that the focus on a gospel that is very much conditioned by your membership in the local church Mm -hmm. or by the way in which you serve in the church, what you do for the church within the walls of the church Mm -hmm. became the the overarching concern. Mm -hmm. And I felt that that didn't really quite fit in with my understanding of what I'm hearing and discovering about Jesus in the Gospels. Because he was doing things that was outside Mm -hmm. the walls (laughs) of religion. He was... He was moving in circles where you would not normally think that yeah. it would be a comfortable mm-hmm. place to be in. So I, I found myself moving increasingly to discover that what I was le- looking for and needed to learn was not a gospel according to Jesus of our own making, mm. not a cultural gospel, not a an institutional gospel defined by a denomination, but I really need to understand the Jesus and his kingdom gospel. Mm, come on. And that was what I was really looking for. And come so on. I've come to discover that that's really how I need to understand my relationship with Jesus, that it is a call to wholehearted allegiance mm. to Jesus and his kingdom because he is yes. king. Mm. He's more than just someone who died for me and became my savior and redeemer, but he's the one who is calling people to himself, establishing his kingdom, and wanting all of us to serve the one true king, Mm. and that is Jesus alone. And so I'm beginning to tell people, hey, (laughs) this is more than just saying I I, I made a decision for Jesus. No, no, no. It's it's now the big challenge is is your wholehearted allegiance to Jesus Mm. that will determine your loyalty, Mm -hmm. where you invest, how you 
determine your values, uh, where you set your heart on, and where you're headed to. Mm. You know, wow. and all of that is just so exciting for me now. So I'm telling people about the kingdom gospel. Come I'm on. talking about Jesus mm. and his kingdom. And, and I want people to understand that as far as the marketplace is concerned, Jesus is always interested in the marketplace. Mm. In fact, many of his parables that he yes. talked about were always associated with people in the marketplace. He talked about money, he talked about wealth, he talked about yes. stewardship, he talked about investment, he talked about being smarter than the people of the world mm. in the way we deal with wealth and assets and money and opportunities. And he was never shy about talking about things as it really is because he was always revealing the kingdom reality. Mm. And that was what I'm... That's what I've come to be excited about. So that's part, that's been really part of my journey. So mm. when I decided that God was calling me into ministry, uh, I felt that I needed to be trained and equipped. And so yes. mm. God gave me an opportunity to go to England to study. Wow. And that's where I received my formal theological education. And of course, one of the uh, professors there at, Region, at Trinity College at that time in Bristol uh, was J.I. Packer, the man who wrote Knowing God. Mm. And, and he's, a, he's a very established theologian uh, who's recently passed away, but he was a mentor to me in helping me to think worthily of God and who he is. Mm. You know, he is a man who is very godly, but he had a very high view of God and very high view of the Word of God. And, and he taught me how to raise up my understanding of God in a way that will always honor and reflect the glory and, and the goodness of God, rather than trying to make God shape into, fit into my, my understanding of my desires or my agendas. And that was, I think, very, very important for me to discover and to learn. And through that process of receiving formal education, I started my ministry in 1981 in Singapore. Mm. Wow. And then God took me to Vancouver here <laughs> and I served in the church here. And eventually I went on to do further studies and then I came back to, mm -hmm. to, to Vancouver in 1994, where I served with Regent College for seven mm. years. Oh, wow. And at Regent, which is a Christian theological school, mm -hmm. I was involved in helping to develop and deliver mm. uh, our continuing education programs, mm -hmm. our distance learning mm -hmm. programs, as well as things that will allow region to extend their theological education opportunities to people in different parts of the world. Mm. And so that has been, I think, an important seven years of my life, learning wow. to help people realize that uh, everyone mm -hmm. can receive mm -hmm. good theology. Everyone can be grounded in the Word of God. And everyone can learn to understand that what they have received through the biblical and theological education is for a purpose. Mm. It's so that they can be faithful to Jesus where they are serving and where they're working. In the marketplace, come on! In the communities where God has put them, and so that has been very important for me to always ask people, "What is God doing in your life, and how has He been showing up in the way that pushes you to do more and more for His kingdom, and to be less and less concerned about trying to 
secure your own place in mm-hmm. life or to protect your own uh, you know interests and your own assets. I think a lot of people are struggling with this. They are looking for their identity <laughs> and, and purpose, but they are looking it for it in the wrong places, yes. perhaps. Wow! I can tell you right now, we're 12 minutes in, and <laughs> I feel like you you just answered a bunch of questions. Yeah. In, I can say this for myself, but we could relate. Me and Joe could relate with this, where some of the questions that sometimes we find ourselves are asking to one another, we're we're also asking the Lord. And we're doing our best to express ourselves in some areas of concerns mm. in the body, in the church, or yes. whatever ministry that we are partake with. with. Yeah. I feel like in those moments, that you, the things that you just shared, the way you just communicate and put them into words, yes. it is such a, a, a tool, like such a, a counsel and advice where, oh my goodness, like why are we making it so complicated? So complicated? Right. And with that, it's obvious, you know, just the way you delivered this today. Um, you've been speaking on this subject for 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 uh, for many years now. We could we could totally see that from you, just hearing from you and the way you sum it all down. This this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus as the king, we whole wholeheartedly coming before him laying yes. down everything in us this is the very core of this gospel that we're living in this day you're still you're doing your part you're you're following the lane that you believe god has placed you into and you're seeing a lot of transformation mm. i would say right would you speak some of those transformation that you got mm. to witness mm-hmm. you know with this journey you know Yes. You're part of it. Right now, you said you're, you mentioned that you're a director. Development director. Yes. D- development director for leaders. Is that right? so, so the story behind Leader Impact is that um, two men in Canada, Paul Henderson in the East and Nathan Hildebrand in the West, mm. were independently engaging with small groups of business leaders and marketplace professionals, mm-hmm. meeting with them, and just helping them to discover uh, who they are as God's people, as followers of Jesus, but also to understand what is their mission and purpose Mm -hmm. in the marketplace. And when they compared notes, they realized that actually there is a convergence (laughs) of mission purpose, Mm -hmm. of mission values. And then they decided that this is time to really work together and be wholehearted partners for the kingdom. Mm, and on. that's when Leader Impact was born. Mm-hmm. So Leader Impact is essentially a Canadian mm-hmm. thing. It's a, it's a God thing in Canada that brought this, brought, brought this about. Come on. And, and you know, the, the, the beautiful thing is that over the years, uh, Leader Impact in Canada has, has grown. Uh, we, we are now in 30 cities across Canada. Canada. Wow. Yeah. And we have about 165 groups with close to uh, 1,500 members mm. engaged. And, and you know, the beautiful thing is that uh, many of these people are people who in the past were missing the opportunity mm. to experience a small group of like-minded people <laughs> who are in the marketplace and Hallelujah. where they 
where they find it to be a very safe environment where mm. they can share their struggles, yes. their mm. concerns, the issues that they face in mm. their business or in their workplace, mm-hmm. and where brothers and sisters together are able to say, okay, how can we support you? How can we encourage mm. you? How can we pray for you? How can we be a friend with you as you journey into this kind of engagement in the marketplace? And so these groups that are now, you know, we have over 165 groups across Canada today. I think in Metro Vancouver, we have about 20 of those groups oh, wow. that are existing. And I'm mm-hmm. leading one of those groups uh, that means on a Broadway corridor. But of mm-hmm. course, in the last <laughs> 18 months, we've had to pivot to right. uh, using the yes. Zoom platform yes. for this. But we're going to launch again this fall in the West Broadway uh, with with a new series called Money Matters. <laughs> and and we're, we're going to engage with people and okay. just understand much more about how money impacts our life, our faith, and our work. Wow. That's one example. But in the people that I have had the opportunity to interact with, I'm really happy to say that one by one, they are discovering that, firstly, a lot of the things that they are learning together in these groups are things that they don't talk about in the local church. Come so on. somehow yeah. it's missing Come in on. the local church. Please speak on that. Secondly, what they're discovering is that there is already some very thoughtful, important resource materials that are out there mm-hmm. that they can use to give them a stronger understanding of who they are as followers of Jesus, but also a stronger understanding of what it means to have a vocational faithfulness Mm. in the marketplace that they can learn to be on kingdom mission Mm. uh, and to be very intentional about their witness in their workplace. Mm. And so, for example, somebody comes up to me and and shares the story of how she, in the workplace that she is in, uh, she discovered that it's a very toxic environment Mm. where the culture was filled with mistrust, suspicion, criticism, Mm. complaints, Mm. and and a lack of harmony and a lack of peaceful uh, collaboration among workers. And, And she prayed about it and she said, Lord, give me, one other, help me to find another sister who mm. is a, a believer that we may begin to pray mm. for this company. Come on. And she did that. God led her to another colleague who is a Christian, and they began to meet every week to pray. Wow. And in a period of about six months to nine months, things began to change. Come on. Uh, yes. The head of the department who was probably contributing to the toxic culture, <laughs> was beginning to have a change of attitude and heart. Wow. And, and she and her friend continued to pray, but also to continue to be faithfully sharing the love of Jesus with others, bringing about that sense of more peaceable, more collaborative, more harmonious cooperation mm-hmm. amongst co-workers. And, you know, at the, at the end of about a year, she was sharing how God had transformed Amen. the culture of the workspace, of Come the on. office, of the environment. It's powerful. In such a way that when she was then transferred out of that, 
place, that office. Uh, the man who had been one of the major contributors <laughs> to a toxic culture said to her, you know, I'm so glad that you came into this department during this time mm. and your presence and your winsome character mm. and your leadership and, and your attitude was so different that it just changed mm -hmm. not only the office but also this uh, head of department's attitude towards wow. everybody else. And so her witness and her testimony mm. has been to the fact that she realized that God had sent her there for a purpose. Mm. In other words, she discovered <laughs> her God-given kingdom mm. mission in that place. Mm. Secondly, she realized that the only way that you can change hearts is through prayer. Mm. And mm. thirdly, that you need to also faithfully make sure that you are always speaking with the love of Jesus. Yes. Never being shy about the truths of mm. the gospel and of what Jesus has taught and always having that winsome spirit within you because you're not trying mm. uh, to, as it were, compel people, nor are you trying to change them because only Jesus and His yes. Spirit can do that. Amen. But He always does it through us. So, you know, God's people, if we only understand that we are constantly mediating the presence and the power of Jesus mm. in the workplace, and we are so aware of that and mindful of that, then we are not afraid, <laughs> right? We, 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 we rise up with courage. We, we, we rise up with that deep sense of purpose and we also rise up with the knowledge that we don't have to be perfect or mm. we don't have to get everything all right. In mm. fact, we can be vulnerable. Come on. We can be honest yes. about the fact that we are also broken, yes. that we are struggling, mm. that we have our own fears, we have our own doubts, that we have our own failures, that we have also our regrets and disappointments. But the difference is that we don't live in that, mm. in those things. Come on. That we're not defined by what has happened to us. But instead, it's Jesus who is calling mm. us uh, to rise up above that and to discover that our identity in first and foremost is that we are God's beloved. Yes. Mm. And that's something that I have learned, uh, once again, a fresh way in the last five years. Mm. Wow. Uh, for a long time, I felt that, um, that, that I was trying to seek for a greater sense of approval, mm. a greater sense of affirmation, mm. a greater sense of acceptance from other people. Mm. And that deeper insecurity, I think, was from a deep down feel or a feeling of inadequacy, mm -hmm. of not knowing if I'm truly loved. Mm. And, and you know, God revealed that to me one day when I was attending an important uh, conference. And at that event, God used the man who was leading the conference to give us an exercise whereby we were to enter into what we call an active prayer imagination. Wow. And when we were invited to then say, open your heart to what the Spirit might be revealing to you and to receive what God wants to share with you or wants to show you. And I found myself in that moment experiencing something very, very powerful. I felt myself lifted out of my body Mm. and taken up mm. into the Father's presence, wow. the Heavenly Father's presence. And I felt Him holding me and, 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 
and just hugging me and keeping me in that in that very safe and intimate posture mm. where I didn't feel anything except for the love of God for me. Wow. And because of that deep moment of encounter and that intimacy, I felt completely released from all my fears and shame. I felt completely uh, liberated from the need to seek for approval or for affirmation wow. or for others because I know I'm God's beloved son. Mm. And, and that was so powerful that from that day onwards, I have learned to live with that strong sense of identity that is not marked by my position, mm-hmm. my accomplishments, wow. my credentials, uh, what people might think of mm. me or what I have and so on. None of that. In fact, I'm constantly walking around with a deep sense of joy and confidence that I'm God's beloved son. And that has been, I think, a very powerful, liberating experience for me. My desire then is to help other people that I meet in the marketplace. And I look at them in the eyes and I just wonder, do you really know what it is Mm. to have that deepest assurance in your heart Mm -hmm. that your identity is in Jesus Mm -hmm. and that you are beloved God, God's beloved son Mm -hmm. or daughter. Mm -hmm. And I can tell through the eyes Mm -hmm. how some of them, they are longing for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and And it's then my opportunity to introduce them to discover that. Come on. That's so exciting. That's amazing. We're... You know, I think a lot of people do have that reliance when they don't, where they're not sure about their identity. And so it's all basis or they'll base it on either accolades or credentials and whatnot. But in a single moment, God was able to just, you know, tangibly show you yes. who you really are. And, you know, I'm thinking about, it, I'm like from 1969 and developing and walking mm. with God. Mm-hmm. And then you actually just being vulnerable and sharing with us, you know, it's in, within the last five years where you've actually had that deep sense. It's like, wow, like no, no amount of time mm. or um, I guess experience per se can really show what God can do in a moment when you let him do that. And that supernatural encounter in that moment, it's like, everything just falls into place and really reveals who you truly are in Christ, right? And how the kingdom, you're actually part of a kingdom. Yes. Right? And it's so, like, listening to your story and just (laughs) listening to what you're sharing, I'm like, that's so true. Like, our lives, well, in today's world, like, everything's Mm -hmm. go, go, go. You know, you have to get this done and the other. And we don't Mm -hmm. really realize, especially as Personally, for me, we grew up in the church mm-hmm. and there are things that we don't really discuss. Like as you had shared that, mm-hmm. it's not being shared on, in a in the local church's platform. And now you're, you're allowing to kind of fill that gap and make that connection and really bring what kingdom values are in terms mm-hmm. of being a leader and, and carrying out our, I guess, rightful authority that we have here. So I'm like, I'm amazed. Yes. As you could like this whole time, if you guys could just see us, me and Josh are just really smiling at Peter. Like my I'm taking this in. Yeah. Like this is such a treat right now. It is Peter. Like my smile is from ear to ear and just hearing this because it's not, you know, in this in in our world now, like a lot of people are 
going to different places to find these, you know, either resources or leadership, but not knowing that actually there's biblical principle in it. And I love how you guys are doing that at Leader Impact, right? Mm. So it's amazing. Exactly. I think that that's something that we really want to help people discover for themselves. Mm. Uh, you know, the way we, we help people to understand this is that, you know, think of a, a Venn diagram with three, three uh, circles mm -hmm. that are intersecting. Yes. Uh, the first circle is the professional life. Mm -hmm. And we are all very, very aware of the professional <laughs> life that is very often shaped by uh, business agendas. Mm -hmm. uh, it's often shaped by profit. It's often shaped mm -hmm. by success. It's often shaped by wanting to excel and make your mark mm -hmm. in professional life. Um, then there is the other circle that is the personal life, mm -hmm. one in which we have to deal with our own emotions, mm. our own mental well-being, yes. uh, our own relationships with our family, with our spouses, with our children, and and the way in which we might have grown out of a, a very difficult childhood mm. or mm. we may have encountered a very difficult marriage or we may have encountered uh, very rebellious uh, children mm. who constantly challenge us and make it hard for us and the way in which perhaps uh, we are having to come to terms with our own lack mm. of discipline or our own inability to manage our own emotions mm -hmm. or to be fully aware of what's going on in our heart where we might be deceived or distracted wow. or where we might be uh, pretending to be something else mm. that we're not. And then the third circle is our spiritual circle of life which mm -hmm. which really in many ways is very often neglected in our day and age yeah. Come on. or if people say that they are spiritual uh, they they are seeking for some kind of deeper connection mm. but they have not really found it in where it comes from the source of all life mm. yes the god who is the god that shows us what true love is, what true life is, and what it means to have that deep sense of peace and connection, a right relationship with God. And the spiritual life is very often a, a very small circle for many people mm -hmm. because they, they tend to focus on the professional and personal life. Yes. So leader impact seeks to address all those three areas mm. and our goal is to help them build the three circles in such a way that they continue to merge and merge. Mm. And when all the three circles come closer together, what you have? You have a leader of impact mm. who is personally, <laughs> wow. professionally, and spiritually integrated. Wow. And who has a desire to be both true to God and true to himself or herself, but also true to the vocation that God has given to that person in terms of how they are to live out their life mission in line with God's mission mm. for themselves as individuals, but also for themselves in connection with the local church community wow. or the local faith community. And I think that we, we have to begin to help people to expand their understanding mm -hmm. uh, of both their life mission, their vocational mission, mm -hmm. but also to understand 
that this needs to be aligned with the kingdom mission, mm-hmm. right? Come I mean, on. yes, we need to do good. We need to help people. We need to focus on social justice. We need to uh, address the the inequalities and mm. injustices that we see around us. Yes, we need to help people who have been oppressed. We need to help people who have been grossly neglected. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, for example, of the First Nations mm. in, in this country where mm. for too long uh, yes. they have been exploited Come on. and Come on. for too long they have been neglected. Mm. But at the same time, we must be careful not to think that all you can do is a handout. Yes. No, I think that what we really need to do is to come alongside them and to say to them that they too have a part in God's kingdom mission. Yes. Come on. That they can stand up and make a genuine, authentic and fruitful contribution to building a society in Canada mm. that is truly just, that is guided by and motivated by love and that seeks to always build each other up so that everyone can flourish. In other words, the goal of flourishing for everyone is really the kingdom's goal. Amen. You know, that's what God intends for us, uh, that we should all learn to desire flourishing from the kingdom's perspective and that we are not seeking only for what we can get for ourselves. Come on. And that's the beauty of this. So Leader Impact is really trying to mobilize people. Now, the beautiful thing about Leader Impact today is it has become a global movement. Come on. on. Uh, We are now in over 350 cities around the world. Wow. Wow. And so we we are active in different Mm. parts of the world where people are responding and resonating with what Leader Impact is doing, that the marketplace ministry and mission is vital and is an essential part of the church's mission. Come on. And so what we are excited about is that every year we can now have things like uh, a global forum where people mm. can go come and join mm. us in a conversation about this. But we also have opportunities to do global exchanges and global uh, and vision trips to go to wow. other parts of the world where there is no leader impact ministry yet and we help to mm. develop that and grow that. Wow. And so, for example, in 2017... Uh, Tom and I, we went to Taiwan yes. and we were on a vision trip together. Wow. And, and so we we f- were so excited that in that one, we got open doors Amen. into businesses and into corporations and to allow us to share uh, both the vision of Leader Impact, but also to share our stories, mm. to share uh, our commitment uh, to helping them to become people of impact, to become leaders of impact. And then 2018, again, I led another team that went back to Taiwan to help to uh, continue to spearhead that work and, mm. and, and to grow that ministry. And today they, they're, they're really thriving. They, they have a, a very meaningful ministry and presence in Taiwan Praise now. God. And so, we, you know, we're reaching out to other places, to Guatemala, to Panama City, mm. uh, you know, down to Colombia and South America. We're trying to reach out to parts of Africa as well as uh to India, uh, and so God is opening the doors yes. for a leader wow. impact to have a meaningful presence. And I'm grateful to be a part of that movement. Mm-hmm. And though I'm based here in Metro Vancouver, uh, I have a big heart and I love to mm. be engaged in what God might be doing in other parts of the world, including Asia. That's Come so on. beautiful. Where it's like you're, you guys aren't just patting them on the back and just trying to encourage them, but you're actually um, motivating them to do something about whatever it is they're facing, mm-hmm. right? It's it's really a beautiful exchange to see and hear mm-hmm. because I think 
a lot of the times in terms of local churches, we hear the encouragement, boy, you don't come out of it empowered and wanting to kind of move forward. But hearing what you guys are doing and what you're part of, it's it's quite an amazing journey. You know, it's really hearing that it's globally, you know, it, it shows that there is a greater body beyond what we see here at, yes. in the local church. There yes. is a greater body of Christ that's, you know, needing yes. this. So yes. that's awesome. What do you think? Why do you think churches today, I'm not saying every church is, but why do you think many churches today fail to understand this? Fail to... It's not the same concept. And with that, it really comes with challenges. Because, yeah. you know, you want to yeah. minister some... You want to minister to somebody. And you have those moments with that person. Now the the understanding is that, wait, you got to send him to a church, get him plug in, plug into a church. Mm-hmm. That person goes to church, but if that ch- church yes, is yes. does not talk the same way or yeah. does not really have that understanding and revelation of the kingdom, purpose, mission, it, it really defeats, defeats the purpose of growing yeah. fully, if that makes sense. That's right. Would you touch on that? Sure. I... You know, having been involved in the life of the local church for many years, uh, both as a pastor and as a leader, uh, I have witnessed how it is so easy for the local church to be either ingrown or inward looking. Mm. It's easy for the church to want to try to gather and grow the membership largely because they're dependent on the members to support the work of the local church mm. and also because they are dependent on the members to volunteer their time wow. to help the church run its programs. Wow. And so when a church is focused on what it does within the confines of the local church, then it is so easy for them to say to a businessman and say, you know, we, we, we really are excited that you have become a follower of Jesus, that you have become a member of this church. And, and, and because you, ha- you are a businessman with, with wealth and, and influence, uh, why don't you serve as our treasurer? Or why wow. don't you help us in our finance committee? Or why don't you help us uh, to, to generate more mm. uh, donations and more giving to the church? And so... All they can think of is how to use a particular individual with certain gifts, but it is largely to ensure institutional survival. Mm. It's largely to ensure that the programs and the financial needs of the local church are attended to or taken care of. But what if we have a paradigm shift Mm. in all of this? Come on. What if the local church begins to understand that first and foremost, it is the local church in God's economy Mm. meant to be the very community of God's people who are mobilized to be witnesses and influencers and people of impact in the community and in the marketplace. When you begin to think of it that way, then you realize that what you need to do is to ensure that First and foremost, as a church, 
you declare the whole gospel of Jesus. Mm. When you don't declare the whole gospel of Jesus, and when you introduce people to a kind of Jesus that's only interested in what goes on in the local church, then you will only make those kinds of disciples. Because the kind of Jesus that you preach and the kind of gospel that you proclaim will determine and shape the kind of disciple you have. Come on. <laughs> now, if you begin to come back to what Jesus said and taught and focus mm. on what he explained and declared and proclaimed, when he talks about the kingdom is here and now and the kingdom is in your midst mm. and the kingdom is advancing and the kingdom is growing, then the question is, in what way are we as God's people in the local church, especially the pastors and leaders, are we making disciples of the kingdom? And secondly, in what way are we mobilizing them to be on kingdom mission mm. for Jesus? In, in effect, what we will end up doing then if we change that orientation, if we have this paradigm shift, then we become a church that doesn't exist for itself, but it exists for God's kingdom. Come on. A church that does not see the boundaries as defined by where the church is located, and rather it begins to see the networks and the circles of influence that are symbolized by mm. and evidenced by the very people who are part of that local church. Wow. And very often you're going to find yourself with members in your church who are in the world of finance, in the world of education, in mm. healthcare, uh, in, in the other professions, uh, in, in, in helping people, in serving people, in the retail, in the food industry, mm. in the factories, in the farms. They are everywhere. Yes. And now the question is, what are you doing to celebrating that? Wow. acknowledging that these are God's gifts wow. to wow. the local church. Wow. And how are you saying to them, how can we pray for you for what you are doing yes. in your respective vocations, wow. in your respective professions? How can we say to them, in what way can we equip you so that you can be an effective leader of impact where God has put you in? Now you begin to ask these questions and you begin to realize that, wait a minute, if all our programs and services are largely inward-looking and self-serving, it is mm. time to change that orientation, to change the direction. Come on. We need to begin to ask, okay, how are we actually mobilizing and effectively ensuring that our members, when they gather on a Sunday, we share our stories of what God is doing out there mm. in the marketplace. We share our stories of how God is transforming our neighborhoods. We share our stories of how God yes. is using our resources, our gifts, our talents, uh, our means, mm. and our time uh, to begin to transform uh, the marketplace. And so the power to change comes from knowing Jesus and his power and presence with us where we are wow. Come on. and it's not just something that happens on a sunday morning come on wow <laughs> it's been a loaded one yes <laughs> i like my mind has been like we resonate with a lot of that and i think you have just answered it in such a way yes. where it's so simple and there's so much truth in it where 
how did we miss it? Mm. You know, a lot, not, and, you know, we're just talking from our experience and I know it's, we're not the only ones where it's like, you have that inkling inside you where you want to do something where you're like this, there's more than this. Why is the local church not mobilizing? Why is the church not doing what I'm reading in, in, in the Bible? And now you've just answered it. It's, it's like as if something just turned on even more in my mind where I thought the light bulb was on, but actually my light bulb was just one of those fader ones. And you just like yeah. amped it up even yeah. more where I'm like, just dim, dim down. The yeah. I'm bit. like, that yeah. is, there's so much truth in that where when you have certain individuals who can excel in certain areas in the marketplace, mm-hmm. they become kind of, um, the church sometimes laser focuses on that and then try to, utilize that not realizing you know of course there's the heart to to use that gifting but not actually valuing and understanding why was that gift given to you from god for your church right Mm -hmm. so i am just amazed at (laughs) the amount of wisdom and knowledge i'm gaining right now just from peter you're such a blessing you're such a blessing you You are a gift thank you i i i'm excited about this because over the years i have uh, been troubled on the one hand Mm. by the Mm. way in which i find that a lot of people are feeling that they have not been uh, valued or appreciated for Mm. who they are on the one hand and on the other hand, uh, I'm also discovering that there are pastors and leaders in local church who are not sure how to engage, equip, empower, and release them mm. into mission. And so y- you have a situation whereby pastors and leaders, for some reason, have not thought through this in a way that allows them to have the confidence and the courage to implement and execute significant changes in the life of the church. And on the other hand, you have uh, local church members who feel underutilized, undervalued, Mm. and for some reason, they don't find that they're excited about what God is doing. And when that happens, you you have what I would call a, a local church that is not only not on mission, but has become... uh, rather distracted by the wow. things that are not important. Wow. And so what we need to do now wow. is to say, okay, let's come down together and maybe even down on our knees and say, God, you know, <laughs> really, on. we need to have, we need to begin to see mm. how Jesus is king in the marketplace, wow. how he's interested in the economies of countries, how he's interested in globalization, how he's interested in environmental stewardship, mm. how is he interested in the way in which we address mm. the inequities and injustices of people, but also how is it possible that Canada being such a, a blessed country mm. with tremendous resources yes, and opportunities, yes. we have neglected mm. the very people in certain parts of our city. Yes because of addictions, because of mental health issues, but also Mm. because of very often systemic issues Mm. that have kept people in a place where they are not flourishing, Mm. but they are languishing Mm. and they are depressed and they are seen as the rejects or the outcasts of society. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's time for us to, you know, like Jesus says, you know, lift up your eyes and look into the harvest fields and realize that, you know, mm-hmm. the harvest is plenty yes. and yeah, it's right. ready. And you need to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send mm-hmm. out more and more workers. Yes. But the workers mm-hmm. are there. They're mm-hmm. not mobilized. <laughs> Come on. Come you know? on. That's what we need to do, yes. right? We Mr. need to mobilize them. Yeah. Mr. Peter, we we appreciate this yes. time. Like this is such a treat. Such a treat, and we wish that we have more time with you. Um, but just some closing remarks with everything that you've mentioned. It's obvious that you know you we could ask you one areas of concern, and you you would have something to to have some wisdom to share to share on that. Um, but just a closing remark on this episode for now. What would be the advice? You know, I know that you mentioned specializing in the marketplace. You know mobilizing the the sons and daughters of the king in the marketplace. And you touched a little bit of of what it could be like in the local church as well. Just for our listeners today, in the season that we're in, man, we turn on the news globally, you see what's happening. And talk about the full understanding of the gospel. And that means him coming back. You know, there'll be that day. Um, what will be the encouragement in this season? You know, if just to close us on this episode today. I think that if we are to look beyond the COVID era into Mm. the next season, I believe that we have to understand that it is not what constrains us and what confines us in terms of what we can do. Uh, The culture around us would want to shape us into people who will just only serve the interests of the politicians or the interests of big institutions or corporations or to benefit uh, the agendas of uh, of uh, the local uh, concerns, the municipalities and cities. But God's people need to look beyond that to ask the question, God, this is a time when we need to rise up above that and be united mm. in our commitment to serve the one king and to advance the one kingdom. Mm. And therefore, we really need to begin to set aside our own selfish mm-hmm. agendas, set aside our own egos, set aside our own uh, insecurities mm-hmm. or our own fears, and begin to realize that we are not alone. I mean, God has promised us that by the power of His Spirit, He has already prepared many more people than we might imagine, but they're looking for leaders who will issue a clear call to stand up for Jesus, to make it count, and to be willing to give their whole heart for the sake of the kingdom. And therefore, I think the issue now is to begin to overcome our own petty differences and our own trivial interests and to begin to embrace this kingdom mission as a united movement of God's people. Yes. That's the first thing that comes to mind. 
The second thing that comes to mind is that we must not settle for easy answers or easy solutions that are short-term in nature. Because I think that there is a way in which we need to build into the lives of people so that they can continue to be faithful disciples of Jesus when times get tough, when suffering comes, when persecution increases, when opposition rises up, and when God's people are being challenged all around by what I call progressive Christianity or false gospels or by people who uh, make false claims thinking that they are speaking for Jesus when they're not. I'm very concerned for that kind of either deception or distraction. Mm. Uh, We really need to stay true to Jesus and his word. So my dear friends, my first call to people is go back to the gospels, read the four gospels very carefully Mm. and listen to the words of Jesus very carefully because Jesus himself made it very clear. He who listens and understands will produce a harvest Mm. in his life and in his sphere of influence. Mm. And, And it's the words of Jesus that are so critical here. We need to get our members back to the gospel of Jesus and to listen to Jesus in the four gospels. And we really need to also invite people to begin to share not so much stories that are sensational or exceptional, but stories that speak from the heart of where we have learned to hear the words of Jesus and the voice of Jesus and where it has enabled us to begin to touch people, to help people, to to turn people around, to pray for people, for the healing, for their restoration, for their reconciliation, for their turnaround in their life situation and begin to see how people are sharing those stories of impact. In Mm. other words, it's happening in your neighborhood, in your families, Mm. in your circles, in your local church. We need to hear a lot of those stories. Mm -hmm. We don't need more stories of (laughs) COVID-19. Come on, come on. Wow. I, again, Peter, thank you so much for coming today. I am so overwhelmed with the amount of wisdom that we've just received from you. And I'm excited. I'm excited to actually apply it. I can't wait to listen back. You're right. (laughs) I am excited to get, we'll have you back on, you know, and is there a way that the listeners can connect with you if they'd like to reach out to you? Yes, certainly. Um, You know, I'm happy to share my email address is peterq, P-E-T-E-R-Q at leaderimpact.com. Come on. I'll be I'll be linking that up as well in our website. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Mr. Peter. And I hope everybody that's listening has been blessed by this and not just blessed, but encouraged and empowered to do something and yes. be impactful in their sphere of influence. But until next time, everybody, God bless. God bless you all.